All right, so if you guys didn't know, you are in the Reach Your Campus track, and this session is the essential moves to make in the first six weeks of campus, not the top six steps to take in the first weeks of campus or any other variation of that. So that's what you're here for, and my name is Neely Lawson, and I work with uh, Chi Alpha in Tennessee. So in case you didn't know what session you're in, here you are, and you're here now. And I don't know if you guys were policed for whatever sessions you were supposed to be in, but regardless of how you got here, I am thrilled that you're here. So we'll let, I'll kind of introduce myself a little bit more in a minute, but just to give you an idea um, of a couple things about me, one, Whenever I'm incredibly passionate or slightly nervous about something, I talk fast. So I hope I'm both. I'm a little bit both today. So I hope that you guys are ready to listen fast. So I don't know if you guys do that. In the South, we talk fast anyways. And my students sometimes will be like, you realize you were like really talking fast. I kind of didn't know what you were saying. I'll be like, I did I didn't know that. So just know on the front end, I understand that I'm talking fast and I'm accepting that fact. The other thing about me is that I love photos. If it was a love language, it would be my love language. And so I actually, this slide is mostly for myself. There's just cool photos to look at. So they kind of go along with what I'm talking about, but your notes are not really going to be on the screen. It's going to be more verbal. And this really the intention of this time is that I'd love to just have a conversation with you about the, the essential moves for you to make in the first six weeks of university. And so what I want to hear from you first, though, is I want to hear kind of who you are or really why you're here specifically. So maybe if anybody is brave and bold, this is going to be a conversation. So if you guys are not public speakers or you hate and you get called on, you're welcome. So what I want to hear from you is why this track? What made you choose this track? And you can be as honest as you want to about that. So yeah, let me hear from you. Why did you choose Reach Your Campus? You can just raise your hand. So he was behind you first. Oh, and also because there's so many of you and there's one of me and that we only have 50 minutes, um, like 60 seconds or less, actually more like 30 seconds or less in sharing so that we have honor and time for everybody to share. Go for it. Okay. Um, the reason that we need to reach our campus is because we got to look at our generation. Our generation is all about news, social media, and they get the wrong information. And how we can reach our campus is we tell them the truth. And that's all i got to say. Awesome. Very good. What's your name? I'm making the movie. Salty Salt. The movie guy. Don't miss it. All right, what are some others? Why did you choose this session? To take advantage of my youth. Oh, oh yeah. Like, Limited time. All right. And then you had your hand up earlier. Uh, like, why did I choose to come to This reach? session, yeah. Oh, well, um, a lot of times at our council, when we have, like, meetings with the leaders, uh, we try to figure out how to get more people involved in Kyle Like, our school has anywhere between 21,000 and 23,000 students. But our mm. Kyle is, like, a small new family. Mm. So there has to be, like, different ways for us to reach out and meet more people. Gotcha. So I wanted to literally reach them. That's fantastic. Yeah, in the back. Uh, I chose this because I'm wanting to reach the international students at Moorhead State. Oh, awesome. And you are in for a treat over the next session. I will not be touching on that, but I love international students, so I'm excited about that too. Yes? Um, I chose this one because I'm a very busy person, and I like um, getting to know people by chosen them because I believe like, it gives me life and guidance to get involved with this group. So good. And maybe like two more. So one... Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So I want to offer them something that's real, right? Maybe one more. Yeah. Um, I'm going through LTC next semester. Okay. I just like the essential like steps to take before that's like a great applicable tool I'm gonna have to do this coming year when I'm off to work for Yeah. So. I love that. And LTC is your like leadership training yeah, yeah. something, right? Yeah. The different lingo across the different schools makes it really fun and interesting, doesn't it? Um, especially what the small groups are called. I've heard about 50 different variations of that. So to give a little bit of framework of what this will be, it's not necessarily, so it is for leaders that are going into that, but what I want to lead with before kind of starting off with a couple scriptures and just praying over this is I just want to make sure that coming into this, you guys understand that if we could pack up the word leader and everything it entails, and we just kind of throw it out the window while you're here, and we're just going to be talking like your influencers because every single one of you are. So regardless of whether you feel like, man, I'm about to go through this LTC and I'm like ready to lead a small group. and Or maybe you just walked into this and you're like, I have no idea what's happening or what I'm doing or who Jesus even is. You are all influencing your world and you are all very worthy of influencing your world. And so your willingness to just come and be present, have open hearts and ears is all you need. That's the only requirement for this, this session. And that's, that's it. So um, that's a little bit about what this is. And... Um, I do want to say, like, every one of you, you are all called to the same thing. So I don't know what your studies are or what your universities are or anything like that, but you're all called to make disciples, right? Regardless of whether you feel like you're there yet or not, you are called to do it. We see it in Scripture over and over again. The two that would give you Second Timothy is talking about um, making disciples and then Matthew 28. I'm probably just going to throw these at you. Do you guys have Bibles? Go ahead and crack those open. Somebody go to Second Timothy 2.2 and the second person go to Matthew 28. 19, and this will just kind of be our our um, springboard for what we're going to be talking about. So 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, when you have it, go ahead and read it loud. <clears throat> and you can read 1 and 2, actually. So 2 Timothy 1 and 2. Chapter 2. Do you like that? That was fun. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, you trust the faithful men who will be able to teach others also. That's a directive, and that's for us. to. We're going to take these things, and we're going to take them and allow it to go beyond just us, right? And then the second one, Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always. So good. All right, so those are those are the scriptures I encourage you to write down. If that's not something you're already living by, allow it to challenge you. And I would encourage you to read the entire passage of both of those. They're so fantastic. And we are called to make disciples. We are called to go. And that, above anything else, if you walk out with nothing else, like that is the essential move, is to go and to make disciples, whatever it looks like for you. And I'm going to give you some practical steps, and I'm going to cushion it on each end with purpose, but it's up to you to just claim those scriptures and live them out. And so I'm going to pray over this time before we jump in. God, we just love you, Lord, and we just welcome you into this space. We know that you are you're waiting for us, that you, <coughs> you have things to speak to us and even whisper and yell in our lives. And so I just pray that we would have open hearts and open ears to hear the things, even if they're challenging, even if they're uncomfortable, Lord, that we would not just be passive with our faith, but that this would just be a representation of what we're doing at a heart and soul level, that we're willing to do whatever it takes not just in the first six weeks, but in our lives to spread your, your truth and your love, 
Lord. And so we just pray that that is what would fill this room and this space and this time. And we just give you all authority over it, God, and allow us to uh, just penetrate our hearts, God, the word that you have. And so we love you, Lord, and we just thank you for everything you are. Amen. All right, so I introduced who I am a little bit, but just to give you an idea of maybe who's talking to you, I am 24 and graduated from high school in 2012 and started at Austin Peay State University, most notable, like notable for our three-year losing streak in football. Yes, and our cheer, which is, I kid you not, is let's go pee. So we're really proud. We have a lot of school spirit. It's great. Um, but a couple things about me. I love cats. I love puns. I love adventures and hiking. And I really love campus ministry. And it wasn't always that way. And so one of the reasons they asked me to teach this class was because the first six weeks of my college experience completely radically changed my life. And so um, just to kind of start off the time, because as I said, these PowerPoints are almost as much for me as they are for you. Uh, we're going to start off with just some fun memes, because I love them. And so when you know it's God's plan, but you still scared. Anybody else in that boat? I feel like that is me at all times. Like, I'm going. I'm going. I can't stop it. But I kind of am this kid at the bottom. <laughs> His expression, the longer you look at it, the funnier it gets. <laughs> He's just, okay. Um, anybody there right now? Like, insult. You're hearing things in the back. She got me. Okay. So... That's a nice grave there. Would be a shame if someone rose from it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, the eyes. One. Yes, yes. Yeah, I like that one. And then <laughs> the last one, I don't know what you guys call your small groups, but <laughs> anybody else go into your small group a little bit like the guy, and then you walk out just a little bit happier, a little bit smilier. Um, hopefully it's not the other way around. Otherwise, I'll be worried. So um, I feel like that kind of introduces me better than anything. I love puns. I love jokes. Um, but campus ministry is no joking matter. Um, so I wanted to include these photos to kind of introduce a little bit of where I came from in college ministry. Whenever I started as a freshman, can I see how many freshmen are in here? Any freshmen? Okay, a couple of you guys are getting started. So whenever I was, <laughs> but uh, we little freshmen, I started and I was very academic. I studied biology and chemistry. I hated, really, I wasn't very social. Like I wasn't, I didn't talk really. I wasn't very interested in people. But somehow I got wrapped into something called Chi Alpha. It was the very first year they were on the university. There were literally six people in it. And they were six people that loved Jesus more than anyone I had ever met. And so that's the group there to the left in the backpacking gear. That was my first fall break trip. And from there, it kind of launched me into this journey of finding a relationship with people, but then most importantly, figuring out really who Jesus was. And I would say so much of what changed in my life happened in those six weeks between that time. And so you guys are smart. You are in college. You know what the timeline looks like. So help me kind of create a timeline. When we're talking about six weeks of the first six weeks of campus, what are some of the benchmarks of what's going on? So what's kind of like the start Okay, so classes start, move in, school starts, essentially. You get to campus, you get there, you get settled in, regardless of what that looks like for you, whether you're screaming and crying or you are kicking your heels up, because bye, Mom. So you get to school. What's kind of, what are some other things that pop up? Okay, so still kind of with the school thing, you have that first quiz, kind of kicks you in the gut. What are some other things? Exploring the campus. Okay, so you're exploring. All the organizations. 
Yep. Okay. So Welcome Week is like that hot time, right? Welcome Week, I'll say on the front end, is a monster all on its own. And we're not really going to touch on Welcome Week. So if you came in like, man, I need some like fresh start on Welcome Week, I would say grab other people on like at this conference and ask them about theirs. Like if you're looking for inspiration, um, talk to Jesus about it, but then also talk to other people. So we won't talk about Welcome Week. It would literally take seven hours. So Welcome Week is kind of the beginning. And then to kind of move us along a little bit, our small groups or our large groups start off, right? They have kickoff within that first or second week, and it's rolling. Quizzes are coming. You're in there. And then what's kind of the, maybe, what would you say would be kind of like one of the biggest things that happen in fall? Fall break. Right. So whatever you call it, fall retreat, fall break, things like that. And so whenever I'm talking about six weeks, I wanted to give you some frame of what I'm mentioning specifically. So we're talking about this timeline, this six weeks. And so... The first essential thing, I'm not going to have bullet points. I actually want to hear from you on this too. What would you say is your specific purpose in life? Boom. Dropped it. Big bomb question. And what I mean, and I can share first to kind of give you an idea. Do you ever have somebody ask you a question you're like, right, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> like I don't really know what you're asking. So what I mean, so what is, what is your purpose? What wakes you up in the morning? What gets you going? I would say an example of a purpose in my life would be, I love to make people laugh. I love it. I think it's so fun. Like, I get up and I'm like, I tell way too many stories and they're usually way too long and my Instagram stories are a little too long because of them. But that's kind of a purpose of mine. So I'm not talking about a sole purpose necessarily. But for me, like, making people happy is a purpose of mine. So what are some other purposes of your life? Okay. So that's something that gets you going, that you just, like, you want to be there for people. You want to hear them? <laughs> yes, girl. So good. Yeah. We should just hang out then, you and I. Hugs. Hugs? How so? Um, I do an outreach on campus, and, like, I just go out and I just hug students. <coughs> it's a free hug. And, like, that's how I've gotten a lot of students in our time. Just loving people like Jesus loves us. That's awesome. So, literally hugging people. What are some more? Maybe two more. What are? Okay, how so? Um, so, for example, you know, every day is different. And every day may, one day may be a struggle, and the other day may be as smooth as a rose. But um, encouragement is building up, building positive reinforcements. And for the rougher days, it's like an encouragement to make you be able to like move on with your day. And then just yeah. Yeah, so just encouraging people. And I feel like everybody, if I had time, I wish this was a small group or an unlimited amount of time, I could go around and every single one of you would have something that wakes you up in the morning and gets you going. If not every day, at least once a week, right? Some sort of purpose that has you. You need purpose, right? You need to know what you're doing and where you're going and why is it important to you. And so whenever we're talking about the first six weeks of school, I wanted to start with something that we have found to be just so valuable in our Chi Alpha, and that's starting with purpose. So really, it's sort of like an iceberg. So this is an age-old metaphor. You could use it in almost every scenario of your life. But we're going to use it again today talking about the idea of, okay, what if one of the essential, most of the essential things that happen about the six weeks happens before it ever starts, Right. It's like, what would it look like if the prayer and the investment of time and purpose that you put into it is, is deep, deep before you ever even start the beginning of the semester? 
And then those six weeks after are kind of like the top of the iceberg. Like you see those things and they're important, but there's something deeper and more dense underneath that that's your purpose. And so something that we do on our university is we love to model after the disciples how they would tuck away into the upper room, right, or into the garden and they would pray together and they would spend time together. And so what we do on our university is we take our students, our student leaders specifically, away for a weekend or a week. And we just spend the time planning every detail and praying over it and just having a blast together. And just having that time together is worth whatever it costs to have it. Like if that costs a little bit of your summer or a little bit of your money, taking the time before the good feelings of the beginning of the university comes to plan is in like it's invaluable. You have to spend time with purpose. And so... Um, yeah, we just build just that depth there before we ever get started and believe that it's time to create expectation for the Lord. If you want to take your university somewhere, you have to be willing to have vision for where you want to take it, right? You're not going to take somebody and be like, let's go on an adventure. Have you ever taken someone on an adventure and gone nowhere with it? And they're like, cool, I'm going to go back home now. I'll see you, I'll see you later whenever you actually have something. And so whenever we're creating expectation for the Lord, we're leading. And if you're not expecting, you're not leading. And so creating that purpose so to kind of shift gears, I need a volunteer. I need one person who's a volunteer to help me back there on the floor. Brooke, I didn't know you were in here. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Sneaky. Sneaky, sneaky. I never met her. So you're doing Brooke. Oh, So I mean, we're going to kind of get creative with this space because I don't really have space up there. So I'm going to have you just stand. Actually, no, the door. Don't leave. Don't leave. Don't do that. Just right there. All right, so Brooke is our volunteer. In the life of a college student, in the first six weeks of the university, what are some of the things that knock on their door right out of the gate? What are some things that kind of demand their attention on the university? Uh, academics, can you come over here? You are academics now. Come on over here. <laughs> All right, so you just you're just gonna stay right here. All right, what are some other things? Brooks doors. She's 
walking into the university, and there are all these things that are there. All right, they're ready to go, and I need one more volunteer. Maybe. I might lie. There might be more volunteers. Oh, Lainey, come on. <laughs> I can pick on her. Okay, so Lainey, what up? Lainey's uh, part of the campus ministry. She loves it. It's changed her life radically. It hasn't. Jesus has, right? Jesus has come into her life at some point in her life and has changed her, and she knows that she has something that maybe Brooke hasn't seen yet, right? Brooke doesn't know about it, and so she's here, and maybe there's one thing in line. Maybe there are 20 things in line. Maybe there aren't any things in line, but what is an idea of a way that you can get from here to there? You guys can help her with ideas, right? So how's Lainey? How, what are some ideas? This is brainstorming together. It's not one answer. How does Lainey get from here to beside Brooke? <laughs> okay, so physically moving. If you want to like act these out, that could be really fun. So okay, you can push. You can push Brandon out the way. Sleep. We don't need you today. All right. What are some other ways that Lainey's going to get to Brooke? What? Pray about it. Pray about it. Okay, so that's fantastic. So praying about it before you, that's a battle, right? That's how you fight your battles. So praying, so she's prayed over you. She's got some, some groundwork. I'm actually not going to make you all sit down. So what are some other ways? How does Lainey get to Brooke whenever there are all these things in the line? Any other ideas? Any other real ideas? She can join them. Okay, say that out loud. She can join them. Okay, so not necessarily, we're not saying like, because coincidentally, it's a fraternity sorority, not literally joining it, but maybe joining in common interests, like learning, okay, Brooke might be interested, so let's talk about that. Like, that's not something I want to do with my life, but that's something that maybe she's interested in. We can at least start a conversation to get somewhere, right? What are some other things? Okay. Yeah, like, um, yeah, so study together, things like that. So joining in with Brooke on that, that interest. I would say it's like a whole nother jungle. I do want to state this so you don't walk out saying Neely could say we could join whatever it takes to join with somebody. I'm not talking about the bad things, right? So can we just put those things in another room? <laughs> but like the things that are within, within reason. And then what about, okay, let's say Lainey can't really totally relate to Brooke. Let's say she literally has zero things in common. And Lainey literally has something in her small group pocket. So zero things in common. But maybe, what's her name? Lulu? Okay, so who's going to stand up? Maybe Lulu really does get Brooke. Like, and Lulu and Lane, they go way back, about 10 seconds, right? So, <laughs> they, together, she, Lainey could help and create a bridge, right? From Brooke with Lulu across these things that are distracting her to introduce her to Jesus. So you can join in with somebody, bring somebody else into your, um, into your journey, your quest, right, to make relationship. And then something else before I let you guys sit down is understanding your demographic. So something about whenever he stood up in fraternities and sororities, for example, my university, we have like 10% of the population maybe interested in sororities. It's not a thing. But for us, we have a lot of military people, a lot of people that are in and out. They're non-traditional students. That's our demographic and understanding. So Lainey, to get to Brooke and have a relationship to just understand where she's coming from and her demographic and being willing to do whatever it takes to have a relationship with her. So Give them a round of applause. You guys can sit down. <clears throat> you guys are so talented. Like, you did that line like nobody's business. So something about that is I used to really struggle whenever I was a student 
with just being more frustrated with the line that stood between me and somebody that I just genuinely felt like I wanted to connect with. I would just get frustrated. Like, why, you know, you compare. Like, why do they love that person more than me or that thing more than me? And I felt like the Lord started to challenge me just through um, the way that Jesus even lived is the sooner we stop seeing this line as competition and start seeing it as stepping stones, the healthier our pursuit and, hit, and the Lord's connection with that person is going to be. Because we're not competing with anything. We don't have to. We have authority with Jesus. And he is chasing them. Even, he doesn't even see the line. Like he is pursuing their heart before, long before we start a conversation with them. And so the biggest thing to remember is that it's not a competition. It's stepping stones. It's opportunity to get to know somebody in a way that will stretch you and will lead them to know something that they maybe don't even know exists. And so an essential move in the beginning is to just understand your people and to just be willing to fight for them, even if it's one person on your university, that their life can be changed. And so somebody that I want to introduce you to is Alejandra, who's in the middle. She's so cute. Everybody say, aw. Aleha's so cute. I wish she was in here. But <coughs> so Aleha is one of, she is our director's wife. She moved here to Tennessee from Columbia, South America. They had zero campus ministries on any of their universities. It was not something that she was familiar with at all. And she came in and she started learning. And so she kind of didn't have any um, misconceptions about or any hesitations for what it looked like. And so one day early on, I walked into the library and she was sitting at the front door. Like you could not miss her when you walked in the library. And I was like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm waiting for these girls. I was like, they're meeting you here? She's like, no. I was like, what do you mean you're waiting for them? She's like, all students go to the library. Like, yes. <laughs> and she's like, there were two girls that she had met. They were from Spain. They were international students. And she loved them. Like, she met them. They don't know Jesus. They're not interested in that. But she just had this, such a heart that was breaking for them. She just wanted to know them more. And they were always interested in getting together, but they were really busy. And so she found out that they were very studious. And they were going to go to the library one way or another. And so she literally took an entire day and she went to the library and she camped out. And she sat there and she stared at the door and she waited there for like five or six hours and she saw them like she found them she met with them they got coffee and she's still in relationship with them today and is able to connect with their family and it's just been she challenged me with this idea of what does it look like to go um beyond what's comfortable for us to connect with somebody that our heart is already breaking for sometimes i think our heart breaks for people long before our head does and so just to follow our heart and be like man this is something, this is a person that I want to know. What am I willing to do to meet them where they're at? Not stalker mode, right? Like, that's not what she was doing. She just understood where they were going to be. And so, and she understood that they didn't have to be the same as her before she started, relate, like, having a relationship with them. And so, something that we love to encourage our students to live by, and maybe you guys have heard of this, is we live by the four B's. So this would be something worth writing down because it's something that we don't always practice in modern day Christianity so the four B's, the first one B, that you'd be willing to befriend somebody. So you see them, you fight to just be their friend, connect with them at some level of friendship. The second thing you're willing to do is give them a place to belong. So that looks <coughs> like giving them some way to serve in your small group. It doesn't matter if they believe the same way. Give them some way to belong. The third B is that maybe we, we just have to have faith that eventually they'll start to kind of behave like you. Like... I know I'm with my girls on the university long enough. I start talking like them, right? Mm -hmm. I start having the lingo. I start having the swag. I start telling the same jokes. You start to behave 
like the people you spend your time with. And so if you're befriending someone, giving them a place to belong, they'll eventually start to behave the same way you do. And they, they want to walk with you at a certain point when you are deep enough in relationship. And so then by the fourth point, we just have deep faith that the Lord will meet them there and that they will believe, right? We're talking about non-believers, but the fourth B is to believe. Befriend, belong, behave, and then believe. Sometimes I think we get caught up and we'll meet somebody and we're terrified if they don't believe the same way that we do. In the first six weeks of school, that's the topic we're kind of scared to talk about. Like, we'll talk about everything else, but then maybe eventually, like, we'll talk about believe, but that could be the thing that causes us to not want a relationship with them because it's scary, and it is scary. But having the willingness to befriend them and give them a place to belong long before they necessarily have all of their life together or all the same beliefs is essential in the first six weeks of your university life. Four Bs. <clears throat> so... This class is about the essential steps to reaching the university, but there is a second purpose for this class, and the purpose is you. So not the purpose of, like, you literally came in and sat here, like, I'm glad you're here, but the purpose is your soul. In the first six weeks of the university, the essential steps are taking care of your soul. So you're going to come in from summer, you're going to come in from family and from who knows what, what's been going on in your life, and it's okay to not have it together, but it's not okay to just stay that way and to just step into the university life and just do all the right things. And just So taking care of your soul is essential in the first six weeks of the university. And this is really the only thing I wanted to talk about. Whenever I started praying about this class, I just thought, if I could go back to my sophomore self or my junior self, I wish I could shake her and say, all those little bitty details don't matter as much as you taking care of your soul. Like, just take care of your soul. And one of the most formative thoughts that I had early on in college that is something I've been just drilling into the people in my life lately is this idea that you are not doing a job only. You are the job. So what I mean by that is, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced a welcome week. And actually, out of curiosity, how many of you raise a hand connected within the first six weeks of school? It's a lot. And some rooms would be even more hands, and that's not surprising. Like, it is a massive, massive moment for you to connect with people. So, um, but what I learned is that you're not doing a job in those six weeks. You are the job. And beyond that, you're not doing a job, even if it's ministry, you're not doing the job. You are the job. It's always the Lord's intention to completely, like, just revitalize your soul and to touch your heart and to change your life. And you are the job. You are the one that matters to him. And he's going to take care of those other people and other details, but he wants to take care of you first. And so I have a, uh, four different steps that are the essential things that I think should be in your life for your soul in the first six weeks of the university. And maybe you guys know this, but here's a way that you can just tell your friends that maybe don't get it. And you can indicate, there's a good indication of how somebody's not taking care of their soul. And it looks like the different negative fruits in their life, right? We've been talking about that in our university, that in Galatians it talks about the different fruits of the Spirit, and it's an indication that there's not a healthy soul there. So things like anger, frustration, or just any of those things that take us away from Jesus, it means that you're not taking care of your soul. So some of the things, I'm going to go ahead and put this, you're all going to be distracted by the screen, but that's okay. So the different things that are essential in the first six weeks of campus for your soul would be... <coughs> To establish time with him. And these things you should be working on. You could walk out the door. I would say work, work on it immediately. Like immediately put these things into your life. But don't let these things fall short whenever you're trying to increase something that you're putting out on the university like effort. These things you have to fight for in the first six weeks. And so establishing time with him. 
something that we like to say, it's an acronym, didn't come up with it, came from Harvey Herman, probably. Um, built in, not tacked on. Built in, not tacked on. So the idea that our if I have relationship, let's say, what's your name? Mia. Mia. Oh, so cute. If I was going to have relationship with Mia and Mia was going to have relationship with me, get it, um, <laughs> it would be important that we wouldn't just kind of, like the deepest relationships come from spending deep quality time with one another. And so uh, John 15, 5 is talking about the vine and the branches, how you have to have the different, you've got to be replenished by the vine, right? You can't just exist on your own. And so having that built in time with the Lord and not just tacking it on whenever it's most comfortable to you. Because I think everybody knows <clears throat> when welcome week and those first six weeks and midterms come, the things that are tacked on, they're the first to go, right? So establishing time with him. The second is establishing a Sabbath. And you see that I put establishing a Sabbath and also a home church. One of the best things anyone ever told me in my college years was, they, it was a question actually. They said, when are you, when is a day that you are resting? I was like, I don't know, Sunday? Which is true. Sundays are fantastic. But I wasn't really resting on Sundays. I wasn't spending time doing things that gave me energy. I was spending them running around with friends or running around doing things at church. And so someone challenged me, what would it look like to choose one afternoon or one day in your schedule from the very beginning, write it in your schedule that you are going to, to rest and rejuvenate your life and your soul, even if it doesn't feel like you need it right in the moment. So establishing a Sabbath long before you feel like you need it. The third thing, establishing a home church. So I know that our churches back at our like hometowns are fantastic, but establishing a place in your hometown of your um, your university is so important. You have to have that just that place to connect. And so doing that before school even starts, I would highly recommend it because I would say, I don't know if there's a statistic, but if there was, it wouldn't look good that if you don't go and connect to a church within the first three to six weeks of the university, odds are you probably won't. Like you have the best intentions and the best heart and yeah, you're watching online. That's fantastic. But if you don't go out and to connect with that body of believers within that first period of time, you probably aren't. And you're probably not going to take anybody with you either. And so establishing a home church. And the last thing is establishing your priorities. Did you have a question? Can you hold it till the end? Okay. I just wanted to make sure you saw that. all. Which I meant to say that at the beginning. I'm going to try to create some time at the very end for questions if you guys have any. So just write those down, okay? Um, so establishing your priorities, which is just fighting for things that matter most in your life and fighting to keep those there from the very beginning and not just fixing it whenever things are like falling apart in the middle of the semester and you're crying and you don't know why and you're stressed out and you want to skip your classes and you don't want to go to church and it's because your priorities aren't necessarily in line and your soul is tired and so the essential <laughs> sorry <laughs> hairball um, so <laughs> back to the iceberg idea so this I'm gonna read it because it's a little small it says through chattering teeth, Arctic scientists inform us that the only that only eight, one eighth of an iceberg is visible. As much as ninety percent is submerged in the unseen because of their enormous mass. With that proportion, icebergs are virtually indestructible. Ten percent seen, ninety percent unseen. An indestructible life. Your life was and still is absolutely indestructible. And that's by Alicia Sholey. She wrote Anonymous, which is a book I highly recommend. So the reason I wanted to include this on the back end, we were talking about the iceberg metaphor for welcome, I mean, for the first six weeks and the purpose that you build. But I would say it's also for you too. So below the surface is the time that you invest in the Lord and you invest in that relationship and you pour into it, whatever it takes, especially in those first six weeks. 
And then the very top, people will see it on the surface, but the depth, and you can think about it as a tree too, that the roots go out so wide and so deep before a tree can be healthy. And so just <coughs> investing that time in that relationship and um, we have to be healthy. And so I would say that that is one of the most just essential things. Um, you have to be grounded in him before you can really pour out to anybody. And so um, you guys getting something from that so far? Everybody's still tracking? I'm very proud of how awake you all look. So thank you for that after lunch. It's very hard. So uh, the last thing I want to do because I am small group at my core is I would love for just a few minutes for you guys to pair off. It's really this room is not made for small groups. So just pair off. Maybe with somebody you don't know. Maybe you do know them. And I have a couple questions I would love to just um I want you to write them down and to consider them with your own university. I'm going to put them on the screen. But I would love for you to talk through them right now and just kind of ping-pong ideas off of each other of these three different questions. Um, so what is a unique way that you can connect to new people in your university that you have not tried before? So we just talked about a couple different steps, but really the, the majority of what you're going to get from this class is probably going to happen on the ground outside of this classroom when you actually put these things to work, right? And I just encourage you to be creative. <laughs> and so ask that question. The second one is, what is the demographic on your university that has been challenging to connect to and how could you get creative and connect to them next semester? For us, sometimes our international students can be challenging because there are so few of them and so many people want their attention. So just chat through, what are some challenging demographics? Um, and then the last one, what is something you would like to personally grow in this next semester? Don't know if you'll have time to get that one, but I would love for you to actually consider that and creating purpose in your life for this next semester. So I was talking about fall a lot, but spring, you still have another first six weeks then too. And it's just incredibly important to have purpose for that. So um, those are the three questions. Would love for you guys, let's see what time it is. We have five-ish minutes. So just like like rapid fire with each other. Go ahead and turn to somebody beside you. I know these are this is everybody's favorite and chat through these questions. <laughs> I'm not 
doing that I feel like it could have been easy to just like be like eh nah that's a stranger or that's a hard question or I don't get it but thank you for doing that and I wish we had more time maybe chat with each other outside of this class but I did want to create space where we can take probably like three or four questions um, probably more realistically like two but if anybody had any burning questions about anything regarding anything I know your hand was up earlier so B-I-N-T-O yeah so built in not tacked on Thank you. I said that really fast. <laughs> no, no, no. So built in, not tacked on. It's just a fun way to learn and to be able to reteach that to somebody in a way that's a little bit more approachable than like, it's okay to say, how's your Jesus time? But sometimes people don't totally know where to start with that. So just the idea of it just being approachable. So bento is how we pronounce it. Just a fun thing to say. 